12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time to check in with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey to get the latest headlines from down under. Jason, it's been a while. You've recovered from COVID. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you, Adrian. I just went for a swim. Things that I used to do in Singapore, swimming and you know cycling, I'm still doing here in uh, Brisbane. So I feel great. Yeah, let's start the ball rolling with the travel chaos that's gripped multiple airports across the world. I mean, we've seen those images out of London Heathrow, and now we're seeing it in Australia as well. There's chaos at the airport with strikes that are threatening to disrupt the East Coast travel. What's the latest on the situation? What's being done to, you know, make sure there's a solution to this? Well, chaos is the word that you described Australia's airports at the moment. Lots of uh, bags lost, delays. Thousands of Australians could be set for more travel pain too because ground staff at the country's major airports are looking to get uh, in, on strike, go on, take industrial action. It's the Dinata ground crew. They're applying to the Fair Work Commission here in Australia to hold a vote on strike action due to issues with their pay and work conditions. Now, the Emirates-owned airport services provider supplies baggage handling for up to 20 airlines, including Singapore Airlines and Qantas Etihad Air Canada. So if this goes ahead, uh, things will get worse. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, uh, we've seen Heathrow Airport, we've seen JFK in the U.S. It's a global problem. I think Changi Airport is probably running better than most airports in the world. But as people return to the skies here in Australia, we're definitely not coping with it well, partly because of the high numbers of COVID cases and people being off work. And, you know, when the coronavirus pandemic happened, a lot of airport workers were laid off or, you know, put on leave. And a lot of them haven't come back. Some of them haven't come back. So that's the issue. There aren't enough workers at our airports here in Australia. And now this uh, possible strike action is just making things even more chaotic. Yeah, it doesn't look promising at all. You mentioned COVID there. Uh, Australia's case is among the highest in the world, but the population is resisting a return to mask wearing. Jason, you wrote an article recently about Singapore's COVID-19 situation, the fact that masks are still being worn indoors here, which is uh, quite normal. We're very used to it now. Tell us a little bit more about why you wrote this article for the ABC and what was the response to your piece? Yeah, everybody knows that I spent almost two decades in Singapore here at the ABC, and uh, I wrote uh, several articles about uh, Singapore over the last uh, year or so, and this was the latest one about, uh, in fact, when the president of Singapore, Halima Yaakob, had just recovered from coronavirus, we had the Hari Raya Haji long weekend, and uh, we saw the second wave of the Omicron variant there in Singapore, and I was saying in the article that Singapore's coping with it very, very well, because, uh, you know, we have the you know, people at East Coast Park going and picnics and botanic gardens and whatever else. Uh, But here in Australia, people are resisting wearing masks indoors, and that's given us a massive problem. At present, there are 5,450 Australians in hospital with COVID-19. That's the highest number ever. Can you believe it? Um, Some of them, I guess, in not the best shape. We're getting more deaths every week. Uh, So it's really, really uh, concerning here that Australians are resisting wearing masks indoors. It's optional, but even in the state of Queensland, where I am, the Premier of Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk, is is kind of encouraging people to wear them. But, uh, you know, until uh, we are told we have to wear them, people will continue not to wear them. 
and it's a big concern because next month we have what's called the Ecker Festival here in Brisbane. It's when the country comes to the city and there are cows and sheep and shearing of uh, sheep and all that sort of stuff and show bags that my daughter loves. But that's going to get a lot of people together in close proximity with many of them not wearing masks. So heaven knows what it's going to be like after that. It's a big problem here in Australia. And as you mentioned, Australia with one of the highest COVID rates in the world. And that is really bad when you consider how well we dealt with the pandemic over the first two years of it. Yeah, and over the weekend, to make matters worse, the World Health Organization declared monkeypox a health emergency. So no need to panic just yet. A very interesting one to, uh, you know, keep an eye out for. We've got foot and mouth disease. That's something that's concerning farmers here. Hasn't come here yet to Australia, but in Indonesia, it's a problem as well. So at the airports, they're trying to get catch up very quickly to make sure that the measures are in place to prevent foot and mouth disease coming to Australia, which would be devastating for the farmers, uh, you know, cattle and, and sheep and all that. Yeah, you said the word perfectly there, Jason. Devastating. Let's uh, quickly talk about the Australian property market and cooling down with auction clearance rates dropping by around 15%. Now, tell us a little bit more about this and, and how the country has, uh, you know, reacted to this cooling. Yeah, actually, this has come out through core logic data for the June quarter. It says there are tougher selling conditions with house prices in Sydney and Melbourne roughly in line with a year ago, which means they went up for a while and they've come back down. So we've seen the uh, clearance rate uh, in those major cities dropping to 60.8%. And that's about a fifth lower than for the June quarter of 2021 and the lowest success rate since the September quarter of 2020. Sydney and Melbourne affected the most. Here in Brisbane, actually, I had a real estate agent in my house here in Brisbane last week and they were telling me that uh, Brisbane house prices are still very strong uh, and probably better than Sydney and Melbourne. Obviously, Sydney and Melbourne are a lot more expensive than than Brisbane. So the second tier cities in Australia, whether it's Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, provide a lot better value for money than Sydney and Melbourne. I think we're seeing that reflected. And as I mentioned before, the Reserve Bank of Australia hiking interest rates, and that's not helping at all. So we could see quite high interest rates, even up to maybe 5% uh, before too long. Wow, very interesting. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, a couple of Premier League teams were out in Australia recently. It's been a few years since they went abroad, particularly to this part of the world. A couple of teams were in Singapore, in Thailand, in South Korea, Australia as well. What was the reaction from the fans particularly to have the likes of Manchester United, Aston Villa, Leeds United, in Perth, in Melbourne, in Brisbane? How did they welcome their heroes? Yeah, I think people uh, enjoyed having them here. Manchester United playing Aston Villa last Saturday night. It was a two-all draw and heavy rain in Perth. I had some friends who went across there. I know you're a Manchester United fan, Adrian, so you would have enjoyed that match. Uh, I actually <laughs> caught up with uh, Leeds United a defender, a former Leeds United defender, Tony Dorigo, who actually played also for Aston Villa, he played for Chelsea, played for Stoke, he even played for Derby, and he was in Italia 90. He was the, the backup left back for Stuart Pearce, if people are, are football fans. So Tony DiRigo actually is a goal, old mate of mine from, from a long time ago because he's Australian-born. He was born, I think, in Melbourne, grew up in Adelaide, and then went to the UK and never played for Australia, played for England instead. So he's now coming back as part of these uh, matches. He, he was representing Leeds United as an ambassador. So I caught up with him and had a chat to him. But I think overall people are very excited when we see Premier League opposition coming 
down here, Premier League clubs. But one thing that didn't go down too well, Marcus Rashford, the Manchester United striker, he's of course an England star, created a controversy because Australian Football League people, the AFL, you know, Australian footy as they mm. call it here, they gave him a Sharon Australian football, like the rugby ball, right? It's a, it's a, something that's obviously not round. It's like an oval shape, like yeah. an egg. And they gave that to him and, and he posed for social media and everyone was really upset about that within the football community and rightly so because Aussie rules here pays no respect to soccer or football in the best of times. And here they are trying to ride on the coattails of a Manchester United star. I think it was a disgrace. So, uh, yeah, Marcus Rashford, I guess, was just kind of trying to uh, appease the uh, AFL fans uh, there in Melbourne. Uh, but, yeah, this is something that was a bit of a controversy behind the scenes. But overall, uh, it was good to see uh, the big clubs uh, from the UK here. Yeah, didn't have the best season last year at Marcus Rashford, given what happened at Euro 2020. Hopefully he, you know, picks up his form this season. Let's move on to golf, you know, major headlines on the Live Golf Tour, this exodus of players joining the Live Golf Tour. Now, Jason, will Australia's new British Open champion, Cameron Smith, be the next one to jump on this bandwagon? You know, he didn't say too much, but there are talks, right? Everyone's been talking about it. He could potentially be the next one to join this infamous bandwagon. Yeah, indeed, it's possible. And let's set the scene for Cam Smith. He's uh, an Australian from Brisbane, where I am now, winning his first major title at the Open at St Andrews. It was a record equaling 20 under par score, incredible performance, even better than Tiger Woods when he won in in 2000, one shot better. He is a superstar on the rise, just 28 years of age, but he's kind of been a bit cryptic when he's talking about whether he'll join the Live Golf Tour. Um, You know, he actually was asked this question about a 75 million pound move to the Live Golf Tour. The money they're throwing around is incredible. I think 150 million someone was paid. So he'd get 75 million just to sign on. And he said, My team worries about all that stuff. I'm here to win golf tournaments. And this is in contrast to third place Rory McIlroy at the Open, who said, an easy way out, not something I want to participate in. So looking at those two different comments, you'd say that uh, Cam Smith has opened the door to maybe joining the Live Golf Tour, which is uh, anchored by CEO Greg Norman, an Australian two-time winner of the Open Championship, who is really uh, not in the good books of many mainstream sports fans and golf lovers. And this was a a guy that I really looked up to and I've interviewed many times over the years. He was one of my sporting heroes, but I really don't believe in the Live Golf Tour because it's funded by Saudi Arabian money and a lot of that money isn't the cleanest. So let's see what happens with uh, Cam Smith, the man with the mullet who won his first uh, major championship just a couple of weeks ago at the Open Championship. Yeah, same backing as Newcastle United out in the Premier League as well. As you mentioned there, it's not looked upon uh, with the greatest fondness, this Live Golf Tour. But Jason, the question is, I think it's only a matter of time before we see, I mean, how long can players hold on? Because at the end of the day, the money that's being thrown about, as you rightly mentioned, it is incredibly appealing. I can understand that. And I compare it, Adrian, to players who are maybe playing in Europe and get offered to go to the Middle East or China, the China Super League. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even Aaron Moy, who uh, was one of Australia's best players, he was in the Premier League with Huddersfield Town and was signed by Man City, but went out on loan. He actually went to China for a long time or for a couple of years. Didn't really work out. But he's now gone back to um, Britain and is going to be playing with Celtic under Ange Postacoglu and assistant coach Harry Kuehl. But I understood why Aaron Moy 
took the money and ran uh, to Asia. And it's it's a common story. We've seen many times before, even with big names uh, from Brazil, they go to pick up the money in the Middle East or in China. But a similar story. And I mean, if someone said to me, 150 million or even 10 million pounds to go and play on a golf tour, I would have to think about it long and hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, at the end of the day, money does talk, uh, given what everyone else is saying. Before I let you go, Jason, let's talk about your new bike and the different trails that you've been exploring. Yeah, indeed. I gave myself a, a late 60th birthday present and I actually splashed out some money on a Norco Storm mountain bike. I paid just over $1,000 and the Aussie and Singapore dollar being about the same it was a bit of a discount. And yeah, I've been enjoying the uh, bike trails here in Brisbane, the Bicentennial Bike Trail on the north side of the river. And you can go past South Bank. Uh, I even, even where I work at ABC, you can cycle you know, there down to West End. So I am really, really enjoying uh, having a decent bike. And of course, I've spoken before about my biking adventures in Singapore, flying, uh, flying. I felt like I was flying sometimes, riding all the way up to Changi Airport and back. So I do miss those uh, sweaty uh, bike adventures uh, in Singapore. But uh, I'm doing the best here in the winter weather, which is a uh, Still quite nice with the sun shining around 21 degrees today, top temperature. Yeah, time to treat yourself as the world resumes to almost pre-pandemic levels. And we've clearly seen that with Revenge Travel and you clearly splashed out on a bike, which brings you great happiness. We've been speaking with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, always a pleasure having you on the show. Have a great day, and I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Adrian. I'm just preparing lunch for my cousins, who um, I've got to know since moving back to Australia from my mother's uh, side of the family. So I'm going to be trying out my cooking skills in the next few minutes. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.